This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning. I said it at least five times and nobody said it back once. You'll be judged. Philip will go to heaven, the rest of you. Like that. Anyway, you okay? Oh, look at how much stuff I've got today. Right, that's going to go on the floor, because I'll need that later. Anyway, isn't it marvellous? As um, Phil was talking earlier about Jesus being, you know, our counsellor, our prince of peace, Thomas James, my nephew, aged five, turned to me and said, he's the prince of peas. <laughs> and I said, yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he is. So, you know, what a morning. So with that in mind... Let us open the word of the Lord. Right, are you all good? Are you all ready? Yes. You all ready? Are you? Yes. Don't, are you? Yes. Have you all packed? Yes. Have you? Is that cheese stuffed with cheese, fridge stuffed with cheese? Yes. Is there pate? Yes. Crackers? Yes. Got it, got it. This is just, there's no message this morning. I'm just going through the checklist of everything you should have done by now. Okay, so listen, this is a message that first I, um, gave in she a couple of weeks ago so it's been a little bit annotated since then a little bit adapted and um it's called impossible promises yeah oh, there we are now i'm reading from a version of the bible that you might not be familiar with it's called the passion version has anybody got it it's utterly 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 beautiful i urge you to get that version in your lives it just is a, a different take again on it i love reading different versions of the bible do you because you get something new every time. Isn't that beautiful? Challenge yourselves. Read something new. Read something you wouldn't normally read. That's what a brain is for, everyone. Okay, here we go. Stepping out. First, before I start, shall I tell you about my Christmas miracle? This is a genuine Christmas miracle that happened. On Friday, I was in work, and it's been super, super, super busy. Because, believe it or not, Christmas is super for a lot of us but it isn't for a lot of people as well. So we've had some really difficult cases, and I know in youth services, we're up against it in the public sector, and there are some really desperate people out there. So our prayers should be all over that, shouldn't it? So anyway, part of nursing is maintaining your documentation. You have it drummed into your training. If you don't write it down, it didn't happen. So I had to go back and finish up some paperwork. But we have to document all our emails, text messages, missed calls with our service users. And that's all in my phone. And I knew I had it in my bag. And I got to the office, no phone. So I can't do my messages. I am hours from going home now, which means I've got to take files home with me to do work in the house. And I'm very strict with my team, actually, that your work doesn't bleed into your home life, especially when you're on annual leave, because that's not okay, is it? You know what? You need to switch off. So I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. So anyway, in a fit of pique, I decided the only thing Jesus can do for me right now is tea. So I went and got a cup of tea. Went into the canteen. Miracle number one, there was free food in the college canteen. So I had a breakfast bap and a cup of tea and a pray. Because those things all go together. Breakfast, tea and prayer. And I walked in, sat and I thought, right, if I haven't got this phone, I can't do this work. I looked on the floor by my desk was my phone. I know that the night before I had taken it home and we get rubbish phones in the NHS. I love the NHS. Don't record that bit. Right, but I love, I love, but the phone is, it's a Nokia brick. And every time, you know, you, you just look at it funny, it falls to bits. 
right? It, have you ever had one of those phones? The back falls out, the battery falls out all the time. It was on the floor. We have to keep our phone, this NHS, we have to keep our phones lined up on the windowsill in work because that's the only place we get signal, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I had picked it up, put it in my bag, and I know it was in my bag, but it was on the floor, intact, switched on, fully charged. Thank you, Jesus. So I could do all my notes and go home on time. That's a miracle in my life, whether you choose to believe it or not. That is a miracle in my life and nothing to do with my shoddy phone keeping. So I want to talk today about impossible promises because God promises miracles in our lives, doesn't he? And he does bring it. And at this time, do you know what? I am obsessed with Mary at the moment. Ruth gave us the challenge a couple of weeks ago to say, Luke has 24 chapters. Read one a day and it'll get you to the end. I am stuck in Luke 1 and 2. I cannot move on. I'm just reading about Mary all the time. And oh my gosh, we are so blessed because of her obedience and submission, aren't we? Do you know what? That girl, and she was a girl by all accounts, what her faithfulness and her submission to the Most High God and the promises in her life. And she was given two impossible promises, okay? And not easy promises. And today what I want us to get into our head is there is a promise on all our life from Jesus himself. And it is birthed according to our submission and obedience to the Most High God. Amen. So you are all pregnant this morning. Irrespective of your gender, of your age, of your everything, there's a bit of fist pumping going on with the boys in the front row here. Yeah, let's do that. Like, ah, that's what it is, a baby. It's not takeaway. It's a baby. Right? So we're all pregnant with what God wants to birth in our lives. And ultimately, you will give birth. You can give birth if you choose. You can stay pregnant forever and it'll come to nothing. But what God calls upon you is to not just be pregnant with him, but to birth him into your world. Amen. So what Mary does is the first impossible promise she's given is you will become pregnant. And she's like, can I just, Gabriel, can I just ask how? Because I'm a virgin. And Gabriel's like, you don't need to worry about that God's got it. So the first thing we do is we look at our lives and say, well, how's that going to happen? And God goes, I've got that covered. Don't need to worry about that. You don't need to worry about that. I've got that covered. And you know, Mary's prayer was, may it be unto me as you have said. Imagine that. Imagine somebody just rocking up and saying, you're going to be actually pregnant. You're not married. P.S. This is a difficult time for women. You, there's a chance you might be killed. Don't worry about that. God's got it covered. And then you're going to give birth to the saviour of the world. How many of us would go, all right, cheers, Gabriel. I'm on it. I'm on it. Oh, many of us will go, what, 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 what? And she just says, may it be unto me as you have said. So today's message is not just about obedience, it's about submission to the will of God. If God has said he will do it in your life, he will do it in your life according to the submission and faithfulness of you. You get it? Because we expect God to come in and act when we are being lumps of hell sometimes. Okay, and we wonder, why hasn't he done that for me? Hmm, do you know what? There's a question here that only you can reflect on and answer. But God wants to bless you. We've heard it this morning. He wants to bless you. Your generosity will beget generosity. Your love to him is a generous act. Your love to him is a blessing. So we're going to move on and read. We're reading out of Luke 1, surprise, from the Passion Version. So this is what I want to sort of get us to understand, okay? That we are purposed with love. Yes? We are purposed and called to be bring forth love and fruitfulness in our worlds. So let's look at Mary, okay? Here we go. I'm just reading it because I can. And I know that's actually probably 
a little bit um, intelligent, but I couldn't care less because I'm up here with a microphone and I'm reading it out. Here we go. Afterwards, Mary arose and hurried off to the hill country of Judea, to the village where Zechariah and Elizabeth lived. Arriving at their home, Mary entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At that moment, she heard Mary's voice. The baby within Elizabeth's womb jumped and kicked, and suddenly Elizabeth was filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. With a loud voice, she prophesied with power, Mary, you are a woman given the highest favour and privilege above all others, for your child is destined to bring God great delight. How did I deserve such a remarkable honour to have the mother of my Lord come and visit me? The moment you came in the door and greeted me, my baby danced inside me with ecstatic joy. Great favour is upon you, for you have believed every word spoken to you from the Lord. And Mary sang this song. My soul is ecstatic, overflowing with praises to God. My spirit bursts with joy over the life-giving God, for he set his tender gaze upon me, his lowly servant girl. And from here on, everyone will know that I have been favoured and blessed. The mighty one has worked a mighty miracle for me. Holy is his name. Amen. Mercy kisses all his godly lovers from one generation to the next. Mighty power flows from him to scatter all the those who walk in pride. Powerful princes he tears from their thrones and he lifts up the lowly to take their place. Those who hunger for him will always be filled, but the smug and self-satisfied he will send away empty because he can never forget to show mercy. He has helped his chosen servant Israel, keeping his promises to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Amen, 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 and amen. That is the promise given to Mary. It's the promise given to you this morning. Amen. You see, this is a Christmas message, and we talk about the baby Jesus, and I love the baby Jesus. Uh, Side note, when Joseph was a little boy, he always prayed to the baby Jesus. Say, oh, baby Jesus, thank you. I'm not sure why he didn't choose the teenage Jesus or adult Jesus, but he always, there's something about the baby Jesus, isn't there? That come in as God in the state of a baby that makes it entirely relatable. Do you understand? That somehow that God himself submitted himself to such vulnerability that actually, especially for children, that is super relatable. You tell me in this world I have no power, I have no choice, I have no rights, I have nothing in me to commend myself to you based on age or whatever that is. And Jesus says, actually, no, I'm a baby and I'm God incarnate. You can trust me. Amen. Amen. That's just a side note. Look how awesome that was. Right. So your purpose for fruitfulness, you are purpose to believe the promises of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Whether you're a Christian or not, we are built for relationship and part of that relationship is trust. And part of that trust means when God says something to you, you believe him. So if we walk around in doubt, God's going, you know what? I'm telling you the truth. You just have to trust me. I'm telling you the truth. Mary, you're going to be pregnant. You're not just going to be pregnant with any old baby. You're going to be pregnant with the saviour of the world. How about that? And when the time comes, you are going to give birth to the saviour of the world. How about that? You see, if God has called you to it, he will equip you for it. You got it? So if God is promising something to you and you're thinking, I'm not sure how that's going to come about, God, but you've said this to me, you can rest assured in the promises of God that he will equip you when the time comes to meet that out. You with me? Because sometimes you go, well, how am I going to do this? And what's the call upon my life? And what is my, what am I birthing? Oh my gosh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And God's going, you know what? I'm not asking you to birth anything other than me in your life. 
You are being asked to birth Jesus in your life to the benefit of other people and the glory of God the Father in heaven. Amen? You are being asked. You're not being asked to make difficult decisions. God isn't asking you to say, oh my gosh, we get ourselves tied up in knots. What's my calling? What's my gifting? What's my ability? What am I supposed to do? How shall I speak to people? What if people want to talk to me about Jesus? What am I supposed to say? And God's going, do you know what? I've birthed you with me. You're pregnant with me. When the time comes, you will have answers. I'm not asking you to be a worship leader. I'm not asking you to be a great speaker. If that's what God wants you to do, rest assured he will bring that about. He's asking nothing less of you than to birth Jesus Christ into the life of others. Are you understanding this? He is asking you to birth blessing into the life of others. He is calling you and purposing you to love the people in your world. Yes, he is calling you to that love. Why? Because you are submitted to his love, first of all. With it? So when you are submitted to his love to say, may it be unto me as you have said, you are empowered to love your enemies. You are empowered to love those who despitefully use you. You are empowered to love those you know talk about you behind your back. You are empowered to love those people who did you so wrong. So wrong. I mean, make no excuses for that. But you are in a position of power that says, I forgive you. That is what God is birthing in your life. He is not birthing an ineffective, namby-pamby, piffle-filled ideology. He is birthing in you the power of the Most High God himself. And so we walk out in that power, don't we? Mary, a young girl in downtown Palestine who had no idea but whose heart was so pure and given over to her Lord, God said, I entrust you with birthing Jesus into this world. Friends, he is entrusting you to birth Jesus into this world. That's how he views you. Do you get it? He views you as though you had never sinned. He views you as a co-heir with Christ. He views you as a child of the Most High God. And he said, I entrust you to do this for me in this world. Amen? Isn't Christmas exciting? That's what the baby represents. That's what the baby represents. He's our newborn king. When he comes, he makes all things new, church. So you don't have to look back and think, that's what I was, that's what I am now. No, reject that. You are new. Ah! Through Jesus Christ himself. Eat all the quality streets you want, click your heels and drink Baileys. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't it? You know what? We make Christmas something it isn't. We make it this thing. We make it this thing. Oh, it's about the birth of Jesus. That's nice, isn't it? Where's the power in our lives? At this time, we all say, oh, Easter's more important for a Christian. Yes, it is. And I love Christmas as well. Christmas is a time of power, not just Markham and Wise. Come on. Although I love Markham and Wise. Look at that. Right? You know, we can together partnering and aligning ourselves in agreement to the most high God. He wants to birth Jesus Christ into your lives. Do you get it? How exciting is that? And then you can say, do you know what? No weapon forged against me shall prosper. Why? Because I'm birthing Jesus in my life. Do your worst, girlfriend. Right? Do your worst. Because what have you got? You may have some harsh words for me. You may have some sly comments on Facebook later. You might like some sly comments on Facebook later, thinking that'll get at Andrea, or that'll get at my enemies. That'll be something. I'll say, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know what? Listen, wake up, my friends. You are pregnant with the Most High God. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. 
but Jesus Christ Almighty. Do you understand? When you submit yourself to him, when we submit all our once desires, everything, every dream inside my soul, once I have submitted it to God, that's when I am powerful. Because God says, oh, Andrea, that's a lovely dream. But I've got so much more for you. Yeah, once you submit it, hold everything with an open hand before God and let him do what he wants. So don't worry about your calling. Don't worry about your family. Worry about your family. Do you know what I mean? Of course, we pray for them. But you rest in the knowledge that God is a God who is working good for you in your life. You know what? Our children, a hard lesson to learn as a parent. And what I'm learning is that they are always up to the age of 18. After that, they make their own choices. They do. We can only advise, isn't it? And you know what? Every one of us here, up to the age of 18, yes, our parents were responsible for us. After the age of 18, that rubbish that we're carrying, that's right, ours. That's ours to deal with. Do you get me? Don't look back and blame. Don't look back and blame. Be empowered in your life to deal with that issue because you are birthing Jesus in your life. This is a powerful message. I don't want anybody going into the new year carrying the baggage of 2018. So get free today. Get free today. And do you know what Mary's response is? Mary's response is this song. It's called The Magnificat. And she says, my soul. I, do you know what? This is why I'm just reading Luke 1. My soul. Do you know what our soul is? Our soul is the fleshly part of ourselves, the human bit. But it's created by God, friends. It isn't, we're not just some dust envelope that God blew into and all of a sudden we were alive. He imbued us with his breath so that we are alive. He created us in his image. So my soul, everything that I have been created to be, what Mary is saying, this is a girl, an uneducated girl. This is what God can do for you. Don't worry about understanding and reading books. That'll come. Get this into your soul. God gave her Jesus and she said, my soul, the bit that you have created, the part that you breathed into and dust became life, that part magnifies you. I choose in my humanness to worship you alone. Understand? And she says, and my spirit bursts forth. Your spirit is the life force within you, the electricity, the, the power of God inside you. It's the living bit of you. So if your soul's alive, it's your spirit that's living. Do you get it? And her spirit is full of the joy and peace and ecstasy in the Lord. The reason that she can magnify the Lord choosing to win her flesh is because her spirit is anchored in the immovable joy of the Lord. Do you get it? It's the difference between our praise and worship. We say, oh, I worship you, Lord. I lift you up high. But it's my praise that puts God in his rightful place and thanks him. I cannot worship God if I'm not praising him. I cannot make God glorious if I'm not thanking him. Do you get it? So I thank you for every rotten, stupid, stinking thing that has happened to me, God, because you got me to this place where I can worship you. You with me? So we look at our lives and we say, we thank you, God. See that stuff I'm going through? I thank you that you're with me. I thank you. I thank you. I praise you. I praise you. I praise you. And when we choose to do that, that's when our spirit can go and I worship you. And God does not share his glory. So if you are retaining your worship on an ad hoc basis with God, rest assured, God doesn't share with you or with anyone. So when we put God in his rightful place, that's when he acts on our behalf. 
Do you understand? So Mary, the promise Mary had wasn't easy, was it? A knife will pierce, a sword will pierce your heart too. That's what she's told. She knows her baby's going to die. She knows her baby's going to die and she still says, I will treasure these things up in my heart and may it be unto me as you have said. That's power, friends. That's the power of God where your spirit goes, I just love you and your soul goes and I choose to love you. Do you see the difference? It's like the difference. The difference is this, okay? Your spirit and soul are distinct. It's the same thing as when we say, I love you but I don't like you, right? That is so contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I might not like your behavior. I might not like your behavior, but the call upon me is to love you. That is a non-negotiable. Do you see, at Christmas, love is the hook God will not let us off. Do you understand? We don't have a choice. If you are a Christian, you don't have a choice. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that freeing? I see, I think that's incredibly freeing that I have no other choice but to love people because it robs me of my selfish nature because believe me, I am Olympic standard grudge holder. Oh, serious, serious. In my flesh, I can. Oh, I can, I can. But God tells me not to. So I am free to love you. Isn't that wonderful? That's to your benefit, by the way. <laughs> Aren't you lucky that I love you? So... But you see what I'm trying to get at? The impossible promises of God. It seems impossible that you can, you can forgive that person. It seems impossible that your life will be different. It seems impossible that that thing God said will come to pass will come to pass. But he is a God who keeps his promises. Christmas proves, proves that he keeps his promises. Do you understand? If you want proof that God is faithful and keeps his promises, read Luke 1. Read the Christmas story because he keeps his promises from now and to eternity, forever and ever. And you know what? The response that Mary gives isn't big-headed. It isn't about the affirmation. Oh, Elizabeth's just affirmed me, so I'll sing something nice back. That'll be lovely. What Mary is responding to is the power of God in her life. If the only time you can praise God is when you've been affirmed, friends, you need to take a look back at your relationship with God. Because the only affirmation I need is from the Most High himself. And he tells me I'm his child. He tells me I'm a co-heir with Christ. He tells me I'm made in his image. He tells me he has created and purposed me for love. He tells me this. And those are his promises on my life. And I choose to believe them whether you affirm me or not. Do you understand? If you are looking for affirmation from other people in your life just to make you feel a bit better about yourself, you need to know this, my friend, today. You are seen, you are heard, you are good enough. Let that be your Christmas message. If you are looking for anybody else to affirm you in that way other than God, you are seen by him, you are heard by him, you are good enough for him. You don't need anybody else to tell you how good you are. Do you understand? You don't need me to tell you how good you are, stroke your hair, buy you a cupcake and say, but you're pretty though. I don't need that. Hey, great if you want to do it, and we all know that's a universal truth. Fully acknowledged, okay? But I don't need that from you. And what other people might see as, oh gosh, oh gosh, look at her, how confident she is. But my confidence isn't in me. I have scraped and strived and broken my fingernails and got my hands and knees dirty to find this self-esteem and self-confidence. And it only comes from Jesus Christ Almighty. 
let me tell you. So don't look at me and think, oh, I wish I could be as confident as Andrea. I only have this because of God's mercy in my life. That's the only reason I can stand up here and talk is because of God's mercy in my life. And Mary got it. So when she sang out, she knew that she was blessing a God who does what he says he does, who accomplishes his promises. That's where her confidence was. And she could say to everyone, you're right. I am blessed amongst women. Amen. So you can look at people and say, I am blessed. You're right. I am blessed. Because the British part of us doesn't take compliments well, does it? You look lovely today. Oh, this whole thing. You know? Have you lost weight? No, I've put it on. No, I've lost two stone. But, you know, I can't possibly tell you I have lost weight because that's big-headed, isn't it? No! Do you know what? Do you know what? Your affirmation isn't from people. Right? Your confidence is in God alone. Find that. Find that bit. He says, test me in this. The Bible says you can test me in this. Test me if I'm for you or against you. Now, I don't mean do something daft like, you know, set your hair on fire and, you know, God will step in. But he says, you can test me. In the valleys, you can test me. On the mountaintop, you can test me. Why? Just because I love you. Test me and see if I won't do this for you. And I don't mean give you a million pounds, right? Lord, uh, I'm testing you. I want to win the lottery. Even though I don't win the lottery, go. Right? You know, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about God saying... I love you. Now rest assured in that. And when tough stuff comes, you watch me come in and bat for you. Do, do you get it? When tough stuff comes, you watch God come in and bat for you. Even if it's finding your rubbish Nokia phone, friends. Because that was a blessing in my life. Do you understand? So I was like in my office with a breakfast bap and a mug of tea shouting, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for finding my rubbish phone because it meant I could get to work, because it meant I could go home, because it meant I didn't have to take work. Do you see what he does? He is working your miracle way upstream, friends. He's working your miracle upstream. That's what we all think it's just going to be here like this, boom, 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 boom. But you will find that there are steps that you have taken, steps of faith and assurance that you have taken through your life that lead you to a point in your life that when your miracle happens, you'll go, of course. Of course, he was God all along. And it won't be just, you know, hey, he does do it, pattern of the Red Sea, amazing. But it'll be that still quiet moment where you're looking at your life and thinking, wow, wow. You see, we move on to the birth. And in that moment of birth, you know what? Before the angels came and heralded, you know, joy to the world. He's come. He's come. Before that. Before the shepherds came and adored before him, giving their gifts, the firstborn, praying and placing all the adulation before God. Before that, before kings came and wise men with gifts, before all of that, there was Mary and Joseph alone in a grubby stable, having been kicked out of everywhere else, alone in the world with their baby. And in that moment, God's promise had been kept. If you're expecting fanfares, if you're expecting the cries of men as you walk past to tell you how marvellous you are, you need to know that Jesus was born in a grubby, mucky stable with nobody else around. Your miracles don't have to be showy. The promises that God keeps in your lives don't have to be showy, do they? 
those promises, those still, small, quiet moments where you know God has acted on your behalf and changed your world, that is the power of God in your life. You know what? The angels heralded Jesus is coming, as they should, because he's God. But you know what? If I am only ever looking for people to herald my promises, for people to enjoy and, magn- and, you know, and glory in me as my promises are kept, then I have missed the power of God in my life because he says, I love you, Andrea. Now watch what I do for you, Andrea. And then when I've done it for you, Andrea, you tell other people about it. And then your miracles on show. But in that moment, you, me, us, we are expected to trust and hope in God because the birth was an impossible promise. Yes? And he came. You see, the call upon that baby in that grubby, dank stable was the redemption and salvation of all of mankind. Amen? Um, Some people are a bit more excited about that than others. I'll be honest. Do we get it? It was an impossible birth in the most grubby of places. A place where most of us think a king can't possibly be born there. But in that still quiet moment, and you know, you know, if you've ever had a baby, some of you, you understand the exhaustion, but the elation when you look at that baby's face. And in their, on their own, in that stable, as they held together, the salvation of all mankind was birthed. That is what you are birthing. You are the difference between people knowing Jesus and not knowing Jesus. Do you understand? That's why what you are birthing is so vital, friends. You are the difference between people knowing Jesus and not knowing him. Isn't that remarkable? But isn't it spit on your neck brilliant as well? How lovely is God to trust us? At this Christmas, do you know how loved you are? Do you know how loved you are? Some of us might not feel very loved. Christmas is difficult for people. I get that. It is, isn't it? Let's be honest. Christmas is a hard, difficult time for people, but you are loved nevertheless. You are loved nevertheless. And you know what? This isn't some part of some afterthought. The Word was made flesh. The, the Word in the beginning was, and He is, and is to come. Amen? Amen. He was never plan B, friends. This baby that was born in the most inauspicious of places, on his own, with a mother and father, an impossible birth. He was never plan B. He always was. The Word was with God, and the Word became flesh, and it was the light of life to men. And the darkness didn't know what to do with it, because the darkness can't handle the light. But that light is now the light in men's lives. He is the only name. Amen. He is the only word. Amen. And his name is Jesus. And it is him that we celebrate and lift up this Christmas. You see, God planned our salvation, but it is Christ who accomplishes it. So when you think my life is worth nothing, there are promises of God in my life that will never come to pass. I want you to know God planned you and Christ will accomplish what ever promise God has put on your life. Amen. So you look at your life of one of infinite possibility. Will you promise to do that this Christmas? 
Oh, come, let us adore him and worship him. And your life in subjection to the adoration of God is one of infinite possibility. Friends, you are seen, you are heard, you are known, you are loved, and you are blessed by the Most High God through Jesus Christ, his Son. Amen? Amen. This message was brought to you by ABC Church. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org or search for us on Facebook or Twitter. You can also contact us by phone on 01269 596000.